Welcome to episode 31 of Fair the Burn. Today's episode is brought to you by Liquid Death. Kill your thirst and quit killing black people. Episode 31 of Fair the Burn. I am your host, Chandler Fair. Today I am joined with... David. Fuck you, David, who we're also calling FUD on all of the episodes. <laughs> FUD. Case you give a fuck. My name is FUD. <laughs> the greatest uh, My Name is Rut Mud remix of all time. My name is FUD. Uh, I'm back here with Fuck You, David, man. Um, man, David, you know, we, the, we, are, we are underdressed. For this situation, truly, it, like most situations, we, we catch ourselves in. We are, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we are underdressed. Um, do you know why we're underdressed today, Dave? Is it a special day? It's a special day. I mean, today isn't a special day. Yesterday was a special day, and this sure as shit isn't gonna get released on a special day. But this episode is our one hundred, our one year. <laughs> Anniversary. <laughs> 100 years? A 100 year anniversary. Well, holy shit. I'll tell, I'll tell you what, man. You get a little bit rich before a podcast, <laughs> and you're going to start thinking one, one year is 100 years, man. But we're here on, a, on Fair the Burn. We got this wine cast going on. So, uh, rules of this are every person who's on this wine cast has a bottle of wine and/or any kind of alcoholic drink they want to have. And they are able to, or not able to, they have to finish their wine, their bottle, before the end of this podcast. Yeah. So we have about and an hour. If memory calls me correctly, I usually suck at doing it. Yeah. yeah. You're going to do it, though. I'm going to try. Yeah. You're going to do it. You're going to be loud and proud on this podcast. Yes, I won't and, fall asleep. And you're going you're gonna... <laughs> to, listen, a great man once told me, you have to believe it to achieve it. Okay. Okay. So with that, I'm going to crack open this motherfucking wine bottle. David, what are you drinking today? Uh, Let's see here. I got me a nice fancy $5 bottle of wine. Uh, $5.81 to be exact. Let's go, Winko. Uh, this episode brought to you by Winko. Don't where kill black people. You don't kill black people. Bad. Uh. It's nice uh, peach, like fruit Moscato. I'm I like sweet drinks, you know, because I love like soda and shit. Uh, so Moscato is kind of my jam. Most of shit, like I'm not actually like a fancy wine person or alcohol person really at all. Like 
I just like some sweet shit that is going to fuck me up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm, a, I'm a, uh, a white girl in that sense. Typically, I think it's lower in like alcohol percentage Moscato is, yeah, just because it's it's sweeter and shit. Yeah. yeah. Like even so like easier to drink a whole bottle from my small hundred and sixty pound frame. Hey, listen, man, you might have a hundred and sixty pound frame, but you got a three hundred pound heart. Okay, <laughs> Thanks, you got buddy. that fucking fat guy heart. In you. Thanks, buddy. I feel it. Um, even with the wine selection, like the aisle we were in earlier, it could go like that too. Like from sweet to uh, more bitter, like, like from uh, alcohol percentage to low to high. Because it it wasn't it wasn't by color, was it? It was by like type of wine. So you like you had like Merlots, like Cavion Sauvignon Blancs, Pinot Noir. <laughs> There's some that I just I have no idea how to pronounce those fucking names. How, how much have you learned about wine from doing your wine cast? Do I know you, I know what I like. Do you Snoop Dogg wine, baby? <laughs> I do like that Snoop Dogg rosé. That shit was pretty tasty. It's pretty fire. Uh, I don't know dick about wine though. Like about like how it's made. About like anything. Oh, you're making mom juice. Yeah, you're mommy, over here making fucking I, mom juice. I told you I like I like sweet drinks. Yeah. Uh, and mommy juice is one of the single greatest creations that my good pal Jared showed to me. Shout out to Jared. Shout out to Jared Bear. I'm drinking a neat new age sweet wine. Can I try it? Yeah. Of course, I don't know like what kind of wine it is. I think it's like the Pinot Grigio. Grigio. It's literally just called sweet sweet wine. So, I literally I don't know like what's in it. I think it's at like a looks probably, like it has things in it. That's good uh, stuff. Our friend Cougar would say that it has too many processed things in it, so it's very bad for your soul. Yeah, it's a very bold sort of smell. <laughs> You don't want to try it? Oh, you want to drink out of my cup? Okay, oh, I yeah. I mean, I don't care if you drink out of the bottle. Like, I feel like if cross contamination was a thing, that's a larger, a larger amount to cross contaminate versus a cup full. So I didn't want to like bother with the bottle. Not that I'm worried about cross contaminating because we get rich together. But we've been living together for like seven months. Yeah. six, seven months. Yeah, and for we have the that, same DNA. Floor. Yeah, okay, fair enough. We have the fair same enough, DNA. It's decent. I've had this wine before. That tastes like wine, my yeah, friend. Yeah, it's wine. It's wine. You want some, some good shit? You want some I, It's juice? not just good shit, man. It's the got meat. some pulp in it, dude. Oh, it's yeah. got pulp in it. He's drinking wine with pulp. What other drinks have you made with, like, a lemony or an orangey, like, pulp? Like, have you ever had, like, pulpy, like, vodka? Uh, like? Yes, I don't. I couldn't name them, but... Uh, uh, Brian uh, liked, he was, like, into alcoholic drinks. You know, like, you know how a lot of people are like, mm, yes, this weed strain, Blue Dream, really gives me an uplifting this, this, and that. Um, Very euphoric feels. I don't smoke weed ever, so I wouldn't know. Uh, David just gets rich. But the he's more like that with, like, alcohol and drinks, and he likes to make drinks. So, there, like, I've had times where I'll, like, hang out with him, and he just, like, he has like a menu of, of drinks, like four or five drinks. That a menu? Uh, it's well, it's not like he's giving me a menu, but he like has taken time to plan out like four or five drinks that we are going to like, like he's going to serve and we're mm. going to drink together while we like play games or watch, you know, whatever or you know. But it's like because he's like, I want you to 
like try these drinks. So it's like kind of a, an occasion that's like about the drinks. And I know he's made stuff with like lemon zest and shit like that, which is technically like, you know, the outside. Um, but as far as like true pulp pulp, uh, I don't know. Besides like screwdrivers made with simply mango orange juice with pulp. Mm. I like pulp though, so. Yeah, I've never been a big fan of it. Man, today is just the day where we are disagreeing about, like, everything, huh? Candy, like, pulp, fucking... We have had, like, a lot of, like, taste disagreements today, as far as shit goes. Well, it's because people would say I have bad taste. <laughs> as I mix my $5 bottle of wine with lemonade. You're talking about Brian, like, Brian, the guy who I sold to come to ISU with some sunglasses, Brian. That's the guy. Man, I'll tell you what about that, Brian. Seems like a real good character. Like, Thank that you. dude who's, uh, he's into, like, making people drinks and, like, buying the hot one sauces for people to try and shit. Like, he loves people. Yeah. And, like, yeah, well, experiences, people. it seems like, too. Like, being around people and being like, I'm going to help provide this experience. Yeah. Those like, are cool people to have around. Wholesome dude. Well, he was also, like, uh, he has trained, like, culinary, uh, like, Whoa. baking and shit. Yeah, like, so he loves, like, cooking and shit like that, too. So he, uh, he just, like, wants... He wants to make things and ex- and let you experience them and like, you know, he wants to make something and share it with you mm-hmm. like an artist would, right? He's an art of food, culinary arts. Right. Also a Montana guy, huh? Montana boy. Yeah. 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 Shout, out Shout out fucking Montana, son. Fucking place ever, apparently. All the time. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, after college. I'm thinking about moving to like Bozeman. Bozeman. Or I've looked into Missoula too. Missoula might be a little bit too big by that point because Missoula is kind of like the biggest town in Montana, I think. Yeah, we'll see. I'd, li- I'd like to spend some time in Colorado just to experience it because I think that's where is a place I've always kind of like been like. I mean, I've been to Denver, but uh, like spend a full year because you yeah. learn a lot in a year. Would you go through all four seasons? Because like if you just spent summer in Seattle, you'd be like, I don't know what anyone's talking about. This is the greatest place ever. You're like, it's so beautiful and sunny here yeah. and like yeah. it's amazing. The weather's always perfect. But then as soon as you get into fucking like September, you're like, oh, it is murky as shit out here. Yeah, and it's just gray all the time. Days or weeks at a time. But I'm glad that I was able to live there because, like, Washington was also a place that I was, like, kind of like what you're saying with Colorado, like, I was attracted to. Like, I was was always, like, attracted to Seattle specifically as well. Like, I was like, what the fuck is going on in that city? Well, because, I I, like, I had been to Seattle when I was a kid. Same. Like, during the summer. So I was like, yeah, "Yeah, like, I remember Seattle being dope. And everybody always talks about, you know, the rain, the rain, the rain. And nobody understands that until you go there. But everybody's like, no, it rains around. It's, it's fine. It's like, unless you've lived there, you don't really know. Uh, so, you know, I was from Idaho when I was like, oh, yeah, I know what it's like when it rains. You have no idea. idea. No, no idea. No. The first time I was coming in, I was driving through Snoqualmie Pass, and it just was raining harder than... And, like, I've been outside of Idaho. Like, I've even seen, like, some pretty bad, like, like weather shit in, like, Maryland. It got pretty nasty out there, and they have, like, fucking hurricanes and shit. Yeah. So everyone was, like, kind of, like, but no one was really worried because they were, like, nah, fucking whatever. There was, like, d- trees getting dragged across the road, like, big-ass, full-ass trees. And uh, I was, like, this is pretty crazy, but when I was driving through Snoqualmie Pass, first coming into to uh, Auburn where I was staying when I first moved out there, I literally was, it was, like, caution, low visibility, like, either on my maps or on, like, a sign. And yeah. I was like, no, 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 no. Like, warning, no visibility. You can't see anything, and everyone is driving legitimately five feet away from you. Yeah. So, no, was I totally agree. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, it was night. Yeah, well, because I started, 
you got to think like I came out at the end of May. I started my drive, I want to say around like 11 or 12. So I got in around eight. And so it was like also cloudy. And so it was dark and it started raining and like. And the, and the roads, like when it rains too, it, they like turn darker. Like, and so it's just like all you can see is like the Nothing. car in front of you yeah. a little bit. And then like occasional lines. Like you can kind of see like the white lines a little bit, but it's like it feels like you're driving on nothing. It's like so hard <laughs> to see the actual road in the black background with it's just it's just, and yeah like because the rain and the clouds and then plus it like being so dark and there's no when you're going through that pass there's no like artificial light so it just like swallows the light from all the cars. Uh, and not only that, I was in the pass. Like I wasn't just in yeah. Seattle. Like I was in the in, woods in, and shit. Yeah, yeah that, I, that it was like that when I came back. Uh, well, I went to Pocatello to visit at one point and see a show, and then I came, I went back, and on the way back, it was like that. It was like 10 at night, I was driving, and like me and one other dude for a good portion of it were just like on each other trying to be like, okay, let's just go slow together. You take a turn. We'll see if that's where it's supposed to go. And if you die, I'll keep going. I'll get help. I'll know. I'll let them know. I'll let them yeah. know. Yeah, it's crazy. Like when you're out there and it gets like that, it's like, Man, am I Mormon? Because I feel like I'm driving on outer darkness. Like, I fucked up. I fucked up. I, I, I disowned God. I said I didn't believe in him. But you've always been attracted to Colorado. Drawn. Yeah, I, like, I, just because I spent time there and it was a pleasurable experience. And I was like, I would like to experience this state a little more. And it's, it reminds me. It seems like it's got the good parts of what I enjoyed about Seattle. Um, with maybe a little bit less of the cons, like the rain. Uh, and it's like it seems like a mix between Washington and Idaho, mm. which I think is a nice, would be a nice blend for me. Uh, it's a little more liberal in legislature, uh, but it's still got like mountains and like and, that homey feel. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, yeah, and I think like geographically, not that Seattle's bad geographically, the forests there are incredible, but uh, like I want, I like the mountains, man. Yeah. Like the Rockies. Oh. How was the homeless person situation when you were out in Denver? Do you really remember taking any of that in? Yeah, well, I, I mean, like, I was there for the fucking acting conference, but I never, I don't like fucking conferences. I fucking hate those things. I just use it as a yeah. cheap way to get, like, a group of people to share a room with. So I just like, have a cheap fucking floor to sleep on. Uh, and then I never went to, I give a shit about workshops. Uh Cause they just I, and I like I know I've said this to you before, but like they seem so gimmicky. Yeah. Because uh, I I've never had an experience where I was like this is absolutely like my world has changed and I'm forever better because this one piece of advice. Because I don't think many things actually work like that. Yeah. Uh. And so I just spend that time like walking around Denver, and it wasn't that bad that I can mm -hmm. remember. Like there might have been a couple of couple of homeless people around but it wasn't now granted that was also in like 2017 i think yeah so it in the last you know five years it could have gotten significantly worse i don't know but mm -hmm. it didn't seem that bad from what i remember yeah yeah that's cool man and that's true you would just kind of like use those times to just kind of travel and see cities and walk around which i always thought i was like that's the way to go, man, because, like, you're like you're saying, like, you're really not going to get anything out of a 45-minute class or acting workshop yeah. with fucking 200 other people in there. Yeah. Like, 
that professor, that instructor doesn't have really any time to be like really focusing individually on you. Right. And, Which is like the whole reason that a lot of people want to go to, or like a big part of the reason that people want to go to sp- certain schools. Like I know that's one of the things ISU always like toted was like, we have, you know, a, like a 15 to one student faculty ratio. Mm-hmm. So there's less students per teacher. So they have more time to actually focus and help you. And it becomes like a better learning, more intimate, uh, but like safe learning environment. Right. Uh, and like that was something that I was like that I thought was pretty cool about the theater department. It wasn't like huge, but it was, uh, and like there were enough professors that it seemed like if I needed knowledge at pretty much any moment, I could get knowledge. Yeah. Um. Uh. But like a workshop is the exact opposite, and generally you're paying a like a lot of money for a fucking class on something that's like. That is so general, and you have so many people in there at so many different levels, they can't teach you. Like, if you are actually decent at something, workshops are not for you. Because, mm-hmm. like, even, like, I went to the... I did go to one-stage combat one the first year I went, and I was like, I have to... Because I like, I like combat, you know? I was like, I want to learn. And it was all stuff that was super, super basic. And, like, great, sure, great reminder, but I was like, why? I don't need this. Yeah. I would rather just go do combat. Do you know what, what the class was called? It's like some, just something general about stage combat. I don't for sure remember. Like combat for actors, like something yeah, like that. Yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, it had a more yeah, a more flavorful, fancy name. But uh, yeah, especially like that workshop, I was like, oh, this doesn't this doesn't matter. And then especially like because I spent all that time away, like actually like in the city and trying to like. You know, see shit and like going to little shops and being like, I've never seen anything like this before. Like that was way more interesting than me, like trying to learn about the city. But then we'd go back and I'd see people that spent, you know, all this time in these workshops and doing this thing and that thing and they're like and they they talk about it constantly. I did this and it was like so great and this person said this and oh it changed me. And then we go do stuff because you're the same. Mm-hmm. You're not like suddenly a fucking a wizard world class actor or yeah. whatever. It's like it doesn't yeah. That's not what it's about. And most things, I think most things that, like, people want to do or are hard, like, you can't generalize or sim- sim- uh, simplify yeah. down to that, like, that extent because it's just, you're trying, yeah, it's, you're trying to teach somebody calculus in 40 minutes. It's not going to work. It's not going to happen. Yeah, it's not how that works. <laughs> like, even I told you the one, like, the one. Not, not a, the acting is the same as calculus. Very different things. <laughs> but. I mean. You know, like calculus acting on the same level of difficulty. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to be a genius to do either one of them. Uh, the one acting class that I took at a conference was this acting class, and I forgot what it was called, but it was like intention of the scene, maybe or something. And the lady was, and that's the thing too, is like all of the instructors are just like other professors from right. the universities in right. our district. Which is yeah. like, there's a reason I didn't go to or fucking in, in Western Washington. <laughs> yeah, in our region. I think uh, Hawaii's there, though. I think Hawaii's... Oh, no, Hawaii's the other region, because other people get to go to Hawaii for one of their conferences. Yeah, but we had, like, one weird school from, like... I Are you sure it wasn't Hawaii? Yeah, because I remember, because, like, Region 8, or whatever the next region is, has Hawaii, and their uh, their conference was in Hawaii. And, like, ours oh. was in Spokane that year. And people are like, their conference was in Hawaii. In Hawaii, yeah. But I was also kind of like, imagine what it would cost to fucking go to Hawaii. Oh, dude. yeah. In the winter, too. Like, because people want to be in Hawaii in the winter, baby, where it's warm. Yeah, that's insane. Um, no, the one that I went to was, 
this like 45 minute class and it was like intention of the scene. And there was straight up like 200 kids in there. Some professor from California, Modesto. And she was like, okay, here are eight lines and you and your scene partner will read them and you have to choose whether it's a light scene or a dark scene. And then you have to show me your intention. But you make up the characters and the storyline, but don't tell me. Just make it believable. And then she gave us, like, 15 minutes of practice, and she was like, all right, like, who wants to come up and try? And then people would get in line, but, like, she only saw, like, 15 groups, and there was fucking 60 groups. Yeah. Like, it's not how... Yeah, yeah, no, and that, that I, was gonna, I was actually going to guess that. It was groups, so it was a little different, but my guess for what happened was that you go in there, and then the fucking teacher or the, the professor calls somebody up to do like a monologue or she says like who wants to do a monologue and a bunch of kids that are in the front couple of rows that really think that they're going to get cast by this this person this lady if they if they perform well enough they do those it. people are in the front because they're like fucking me, trying, me. Yeah, any chance they get they're trying to play that that fucking schmooze game then there's maybe a few more hands behind them of people that are like a little more nervous that actually are kind of like like, I, I, I think I have a good monologue, but, like, I don't know. And then there's a bunch of people behind them that don't give a fuck. Yeah. Uh, and so she picks one of the people in the front, and they stand up, and they fucking look at everybody and straighten themselves up, you know, because they're the best. Uh, and then they fucking go up there, and they perform their monologue, and they get, like, three or maybe four lines in, and the professor's going to stop them and go, like, okay, so here's the thing. And she's going to tell them some shit that's so convoluted to make herself seem so much smart because deep inside, she desperately also needs the respect of these people because we're all the same. Uh, and but, like, for you to stop the monologue, like, four lines in means that, like, you're seeing something that possibly nobody yeah. else is seeing. Yeah, so and... it's, like, enough to keep this person, like, interested, and then, but it's also, like, whoa, she, like, already has notes? Huh? Money? Uh... I mean, that probably is true, though, because probably most of the people that are in college and go into school for acting and at that conference are ass. Like, most of us, yeah. like, probably yeah. aren't no, absolutely. very fucking good, so the yeah. probably people who study it are, like, oh, yeah, immediately fucking... Yeah. There's this, and it's always, for me, when they stop it like that, it's always like, see your other. Like when they stop them super early, they're like, no, no, no. You have to be here. You have to be in this yeah. scene. Yeah. Like you need Which, to exist and see like, it for the first time. Like it sounds so stupid and cheesy. Like it's, that's true. That is what you like have to you do. You have to do is that. Like exist in this world, right? And fully commit and whatever. But it's like, just like saying that to somebody, it just sounds so fucking stupid. And it's like, if like that. You just have to learn how to do that. Mm -hmm. Like, people can say it at you, like, a million times. It's like, can you just fucking commit? That's what acting's about, man. Just being like, I am this fucking person. I am existing in this world right now. And it's like, when doing those monologues, I agree. It's like, it is what you need to do. Like, you need to, like, hook in immediately. But it's like, if you just say that over and over again, it's just generic. Like, I wouldn't necessarily say it's stupid, because I think it is good advice. Yeah. But it's just, like, a lot of times it's just generic shit that yeah. you hear. And it's yeah. just like, well... Well, it's, it's basic, right? Like, yeah. that, that is the basic, like, principle. So you could tell anybody that, but it's like, at a certain extent, you're just, like... Like, do you have any exercises that you can do to, like, help me with that or anything? Or... Right, right. And I do feel like if you start to go to their college... They do have exercises like that. That's true. But it's more of a sales pitch to be like, come to my come college. To my college. <laughs> come to my college. Now, the cool thing about this conference is like the ability to have a place to audition for multiple things. Pretty lit. That was pretty cool. Or I did to also enjoy uh, that students 
uh, got to showcase things that they had worked on, especially on the tech side, like students. Like, I got nominated to show a lighting design there. Uh, mm-hmm. I wasn't able to because I was graduating that year, and I was like, I don't need to go next year. Or if you're, like, nominated for, like, a play that you did for an Irene Yeah, Hines, yeah, and you can go do, like, scenes and compete for some scholarship cash and stuff like that. That's pretty dope. That's pretty also, dope. I would say that that's probably just generally, like, how it is for acting workshops. Like, the playwriting workshop that I went to, and this is another cool thing about those conferences, is, like, when they, like, allow playwrights to come in and, like, uh, premiere pieces and shit. Although I wasn't a super big fan of the piece that premiered from Steve Yockey, Steve Yockey, to me, is someone that I've always, like, really looked up to as a playwright because he's just, he's written a lot of plays that I've seen and that I'm, like, that play is, like, his plays are straight up, like, bizarre. Like, weird shit happens in them. Like, this one play that i seen called, like, Bellwether is about this, like, small town where this ghoul guy, like, kidnaps kids from their room and, like, takes them into the closet to, like, the deep, dark world. And, like, the dad goes to the deep, dark world and, like, it's a horror play. It's, like, Narnia, but horror. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, instead of going... It's it's about Jesus. It's more about Satan. Yeah, it's... (laughs) It's more about, like, Satan and being gay, because it's like, coming to this closet and then never leave. Uh, and when you come out, you know, you know the dark world. Uh, but it's like, so his plays to me were always, like, just wild. And, like, how, not necessarily, like, how I wanted to write, because I want to write differently than that, but I just, I was just happy that that conference, like, invited him and allowed him to come and perform and do his shit. Because even in the workshop that we did, there's still three or four things that he said to the people in that workshop that like still stick with me today, that I still practice even today. And this was in 20, 2017, Spokane. So it was 2018 probably. That's fair. Um, I, I guess maybe that is a good caveat to give. Like, yeah, I do feel like uh, we had pretty solid professors for a lot of things to teach us those. But if you were like at a college that maybe wasn't like, serving you to the best of your abilities and you went to a workshop and you were kind of like, oh, fuck, like, I gotta think about things different. Maybe that is a good... Yeah. Yeah, and playwriting, I feel like, yeah, you're absolutely correct. But for me, like, Steve Yockey isn't a professor. Right. He's literally a playwright that they... He's an artist. That they hired to fucking premiere shit there. So, like, I doubt most other colleges really, as an undergraduate, would serve me in a playwriting capacity. I've heard U of I kind of does something like that, but I really haven't heard anything like about any other college in our region. University, so. University of Idaho, that's Moscow? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because they have that professor that has that teaches playwriting because he writes plays and whatnot. I don't know if that's an undergraduate thing or like a graduate because I know that Kelsey's taking her graduate like master's in playwriting from U, U of I, I'm pretty sure. You get a master's in playwriting? I think so. Whoa. Yeah, she writes a lot. Yeah. Is that like to become a master playwright, dude? Yeah. <laughs> the study, the study of master playwritingology. Okay, here's a question for it. No, this is a different subject. I'll wait. Uh, remind me to come back to the term master. I'm think I'm tipsy right now, so you can hit me cool. with whatever okay. the fuck. Uh, so there's a big shift in like the theater industry, the professional world of theater, uh, right now, with like terminology of things. Okay. Uh, lighting specifically has some some ones that they don't like. Like there is on a function, there's a function on a light. Like if you have this light and another light, and you know that these lights, or like if they're moving lights, and they do the same thing always, no matter what, 
you need both of them for that. You turn this one to master. You turn this one to slave. Yeah, I like that. Uh, yep. And that just means it follows it. So they they want different terminology for that. Okay. Uh, which, like, fair. All right. I'll give you that. You can call it a slave. The one that I that does bother me, though, is uh, they are changing. Uh, usually you have, like, uh, any level of, like, interns or uh, apprentices. And then you have, like, staff electricians, uh, just regular electricians. And then you might have, like, an assistant master electrician. And you might have a master electrician, right? Okay. These are, like, staff members. This is what they would be Yeah, called. these are the, the hierarchy, right? Yeah. And above them, there are some other people, but it just becomes you know, uh, more office-based and stuff like Supervisors that. Supervisors and producers Ye and things like that. Yeah, well, that that's the thing. They don't want to be, they're, they don't want the term master electrician anymore. They're trying to change that to lighting supervisor. Okay. Uh, and I hate that. Yeah. Uh, because there's nothing, it's not about being like, oh, I'm the master over these people. That's not what it, in my mind, is talking about. It is talking that you have a mastery of this skill, yeah. of this theater electrician skill. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't like I don't understand also because I just hate I don't want to be called a supervisor like that to me so like there's power well there like there's so many I mean I guess there's technically bad connotations with the word master but not like that's not what the what it's going for what the word is mm -hmm. right uh, and like and I guess like my question to that is like does that mean we need to change every master's degree there can't be master's degree anymore that has to be a supervisor degree right mm. That's interesting. Like you, because it's like I said, it's not about being like I am a master over you. It's just a mastery of a thing, of a skill, of a craft that you've worked hard for. Uh, and and I supervisors like people hate supervisors because in my mind, supervisor is that guy that stands there and fucking strokes his beard that has you know worked for however many years, but he realizes he's just kind of coasting at this point, never fucking does anything, and everybody's like, "Oh, I'll pull the supervisor stance," and you fucking just like. Yeah. Yep. Usually wearing sunglasses for some fucking reason, even though you're inside. Uh, <laughs> make and sure behind that, them, they're just the most perfect crystal blue baby eyes. Yeah, and like make like sees two people carrying something, goes whoa, 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 careful! You see, you got a piece of wood next to you, and they get, they have to go. Uh, yeah, okay, thank you, and like keep walking. Like nobody likes that guy, right? But if you're a master electrician, you're this guy that fucking like gets in there and like gets after it. And you're fucking leading this team. And you guys are all working together. Yeah, it's like a unit. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, it's, it's a stupid argument, but it's just like a weird, like. I think that just because that supervisor probably has that connotation, it doesn't mean that you would have to live up to that. Like, because, like, even my sister's a manager, and she was a general manager for a long time of, like, a, of a jewelry store. And I've had a lot of people be like, she is the greatest boss I've ever had in my entire life. Right. And, like, they call her a manager and a boss and things like that. And, like, I'll, like I haven't heard anything bad. Even, like, Alex, my best friend, works for her. And he's always been like, no, dude, like, she's the greatest. She's the greatest. So I don't think that it would just have to be that. I don't know how I feel about them wanting to change that master electrician shit. Maybe if you, like, gave the the lady. I think it's just because, like, master also has, like, a like a man connotation to it. Like, just call me mistress electrician. I don't give a well, fuck. Well, that's what I was going to say. If we gave, like, an option to be, like, mistress, like, electrician or... Non-binary electrician, like you, you would think, maybe it would all be. A That's fair. I guess, like, if you have a specific preference that you would like to be referred to, because nobody. That's the other thing is like, 
the only time people actually say that is if somebody goes, who's your ME? And usually the time, it, usually at that point, it's ME. We don't even say master electrician, right? Yeah. Uh, but you, and you're like, oh, the fucking, the master electrician is Chandler Fair. Uh, and then from that point, they're probably just going to call you Chandler or whatever you like to be called. They're not going to be like, um, master electrician? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, that's not like... <laughs> Uh, well, and I, and I do agree with you, you just because you have that title, you don't have to live up to that for sure. Uh, but I feel like that, can you make that same argument about the term master in general? Like, even if it, if it was in that other, other sort of like connotation of being a master, you could just be like, well, you don't have to live up to just because it has a bad connotation of being somebody's master doesn't mean you have to be. Like a master. Yeah, but like you're not asking them to to be like like you're saying like you're not asking them to call you master or to yeah. call you master electrician. It's different. Yeah. And it's if a different you walked word. around, it's a different term entirely. And if you were like, "Hey, everybody here, call me master," and they're right. like, "What?" and you're like, "I own you yeah. now." Like I am. Like if you try to like impose your will and shit like that, yeah, it's fucked up. But. I don't know, man. I think, and maybe, do you think any of that has to come from, like, the master and slave thing? Because, like, they call the, the white that follows the other the slave because you also are the master electrician. Dude, but that, that's the thing about that, that. That is so niche about master and slave in lighting, yeah. in lighting settings. Like, only lighting people know about that, and it's a very small amount of lighting people that, like, complain about that. Uh, and it's like what like does like again like if that's how people feel and that's what the industry decides like I'm not gonna I have no problem with it if that's what you want to change change it because I don't terminology of settings on a computer or on a yeah like a fucking computerized unit I'll call it whatever the fucking needs to be called yeah uh, it's just like weird to me because it's like such a small like niche group uh, not that they shouldn't be heard but. I don't know. I thought where you were going to go with this was like us thinking of different names for master and slave, which I thought would be funny instead of like the master electrician thing. Like instead of master and slave, you could call them like Dom and sub or you could call them like daddy and baby. <laughs> that would be really or like <laughs> that, there's when I'm talking to lighting people about this. We've I've had conversations similar to that where you're like, what would you call it? I've never heard somebody say like Dom and Sub though. That's pretty fucking funny. Because like that sub is gonna listen to what that Dom does. Yeah, and, it, and it, those aren't those aren't gendered terms, right? Um, you can be a Dom, whoever the fuck you the are. The other one, the other one that people want to change is with plugs. Uh, Instead of male and female, yeah, they don't want you to say male and female, pronged and non-pronged, uh, something like that. It's. Uh, I forget what the actual terms are. That one makes more sense to me because of like how the master electrician one, I think kind of makes sense in my brain. I think it's kind of stupid like, again, because it's like, it's just a fucking job title, like at a different theater, like they might be called something different anyway. So like, why the fuck does it matter? But like the, the female and male one makes more sense. Definitely why people are mad about that with like just the androgyny that's wanted for people now. Like, how people kind of want to be, like, non-binary. So, like, if you are a trans man and you have a vagina and someone's like, that's a male prong because it has the thing sticking out of it. And you're like, but I I don't. And I'm still a man. Now, you see what on. I'm saying? Hold on. Not hold that on. I agree with it. Not no, that no, I agree, no, no, no. agree I, with it. No, no, no. And I see what you're saying. But I have to argue it for a second. If you... Uh-huh are really 
that offended by an inanimate object in a simple term to reference that object? Why? Like, why you don't, you can't, do you not, do, do you identify as an extension cord? Does it matter? Like, why, that's, I guess that's my bigger point. Like, why, why does that matter that much? Like, if you're talking about representation and shit, absolutely, I absolutely agree with you. This is an electrical cord. And if I say I need the female in, do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. Great. Then it doesn't matter. And if you say, give me the non-pronged end, and I know what you're saying, great. It doesn't matter. The point is, give me the end of the extension cord, mm -hmm. because it's an an object that doesn't fucking matter, and we don't really need to think this hard about something. But it, it, like, you, it, like, if you don't like male and female, call it whatever the fuck you want. Call it the flippity-doodle and the flan-doodle. Just make sure you're clear about it. Just make sure you're clear about it. Mm -hmm. And as long as I understand you, and like, even if, I, even if you call it something new, and I have to learn that terminology, I'm absolutely fine with that. I'll learn what you call things because that's a thing you have to do in like programming anyway. Mm -hmm. But like, I just don't like understand why it needs to be like a huge deal. And like the industry has to shift to this new state. It's not like you're saving fucking 6,000 pounds from falling on somebody. Yeah. Like it's, a, it doesn't matter. Well, and the truth is, is you, and this kind of goes for all of the left shit with like what they, are doing with genders and pronouns and things like that. I'm not saying it's one way or the other, but like you will never change a much larger group than you that isn't going to do that. Like right. there's still going to be a bunch of 40, 50, 60 year old dudes and ladies that are out there saying, give me the female end of that. Right. Because it's what they, and, and especially in tech theater, like there's a lot of just like, this hard ass, like weird, this weird but semi regular dudes. Not it's even like, in tech theater, bro. In the world, yeah, yeah. Like, okay, so your industry is gonna change, but then when you go out and you're like, give me that non pronged end, and people are like, you mean the female end? Like, maybe they wouldn't do that, but it's right. like you're just gonna sound like a dork, like <laughs> compared to the rest of the world, dog. Like, well, see, but even if you like, but I also don't think like. Like, if somebody calls it the non-pronged end, and I've never heard that, like, it's not right for me to be like, what the? Like, unless I genuinely am like, are you talking about this end? But, like, if I'm, like, semi-mocking you with it, that's not okay either. I agree. Like, if I know what you're talking about, I don't know, call it, like I said, call it whatever the fuck you want, but. No, totally. But that's not going to, you aren't everybody. That's true. Yeah, you're right. And a lot of people will be like, just call it the female end. And, they, and then that, that person's going to be like, well, actually, because, da, 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 and then they're going to be like, shut the fuck up. Like, yeah. Yeah. Because they don't want to feed into that. Mm. And I'm not saying that I agree with that. I'm not saying really, like, one way or the other what I think is right. I'm yeah. just saying, like, there is that world that exists way outside of theater because theater is the minority. Like, For sure. Compared to the rest of the world, people don't give a fuck. Like, yeah. you think people don't give a fuck about the Oscars? People don't give a rat's ass about the Tonys. Are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, nobody fucking cares about the Tonys. Nobody gives I, a fuck. Will Smith could have slapped somebody at the Tonys and nobody would have known. Uh, They're like Will Smith is at this niche fucking. Like, what are the Tonys? Is that like is that like the spoof version of the Oscars? They give them like like Razzies. That's where they give the Razzies. Is this like the porn Oscars? Like the the, to yeah. like the Tonys. Was Will Smith in a porno? Uh, <laughs> I gotta see that. <laughs> Papa Tonys. Uh, yeah, I, I like. I am curious to see like if in maybe le industries that are less like politically correct, if they would do the same thing. Like if in general, like commercial electrician uh work if they like uh if they were like no we have to we have to change that it'd be interesting yeah could happen 
And I don't think now, it'd be a bad thing see, if it happened. That, I think that is an industry that's even more amplified of your idea of, like, it's a bunch of fucking 40 and 50-year-old dudes that don't give a fuck, that aren't going to change their terminology for things. And maybe that's just, like, because old dogs don't learn new tricks. Like, maybe I'm just becoming old, you know? Mm. Like, I'm just losing touch with the ways. Like, to a certain extent, that also has to play into effect. Like, things are the way they are. I like them the way they are, so they shouldn't change. Do you mean, like, tech theater is like that? Or, like... Like lighting specifically? I, I just mean people. Just you. Like just well, yeah. just people. Like yeah. it, like there are the exceptions of like old dudes that try to stay like hip and in touch with the times. But they like for the majority, like people as they age and like start their own families and stuff, like they don't care what's hip. And that's why you always hear like your your dad or you know, your parent or whatever, somebody in your life be like, uh, you know, these are they don't make music like this anymore. Like this is the good stuff and play whatever music they grew up listening to, they play that shit. And they're like, it's so good because of this reason, this reason. It's, like, it's just because that's what you knew. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is like the generational curse that always exists. And that's why the older generation never understands the younger generation because they, like, it's just different. Like Life is so different from each generation. There becomes a point of disconnect that they can no longer like relate to each other. Yeah. And Even- that's why empathy or sympathy is really fucking important and try to understand people. Even with us, with, like, younger kids, too, like, we have no idea what it's like to be in school today. Like, middle school, we have zero fucking, no fucking idea. idea. Yep. And and I was talking to our old receptionist at my job the other day, and she was like, yeah, my niece, who is 12 or 13 or whatever, she's like, she's in seventh grade, and she was like, oh, you just don't get it, like, what it's like to be in school. And she was like, I'm 23, like, I know what it's like. And I was like, hold on. Like, let's just think about this. Like, the world has changed so much since 2012, like vastly since 2012. My nephew the other day, and I think I know I've said this on the podcast before. My nephew, like a couple months ago, was like, "There's a lot of trans kids at my school." Like he just told me that. Yeah. And I was like, "That's a crazy thing to think," because I could tell you all of the trans kids that were at my school in 2014 right. in high school. Right. There was four of them. Right. Like I can tell you who the fuck they were. Right. You know what I mean? But now if it's he's like there's a lot, like that's more than four. That's a lot more than four. Yeah. And so it's like we really like don't have any idea how this generation really is, like what it's like to be with them. So even with us, so I do agree with what you're saying where it's like maybe we are just falling out of touch with what the fuck is going to yeah. be popping. And the fucking metaverse too, man, like I'm not going to know dick about the metaverse man yeah. and that's so scary yeah because that's gonna be life yeah. that's gonna be the world yeah everyone's in the metaverse yeah and well and it, yeah and like that's like yeah you're absolutely right that is the generational curse and that's why like when we were growing up people are like don't play don't play video games don't watch your brain you watch too much tv you fucking waste your life blah 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 and we're like you don't get it fat fuck yeah and like now Boomer. as an adult i'm like i absolutely understand what they're trying to say they went out of fucking terrible way uh but like to some extent too like it's just it's preposterous to expect somebody who's from a fucking 20 year different time or 30 year different time to live the same way that you lived Mm -hmm. when even 30 years before that when you were a kid uh like it's just a weird there's just like a weird level of disconnect i think you know it's similar to like when you become a certain level of wealthy for a certain amount of time you don't remember what it's like to be poor anymore yeah like your life becomes so fuck even to, like us compared to like somewhere that's a third world country like the, we don't know at all what that's fucking like 
Uh, and Joe and- Rogan has no idea how much a fucking gallon of milk costs. No fucking idea. No idea. No idea. Uh, <laughs> uh, when's the last time you think like he was like, you think he like goes to the store and he's like, I need to get like a gallon of milk. Like, does he grocery? Can he grocery shop? I don't know. That's interesting. I think like, he's it, in Austin. Like, like he might have gone to the one place where he might be more famous. That's true, but I also think he made Austin famous. That's very true too. Because when is he even so, worse. but people might not fuck with him because he's like, "Listen, bitch, this is my town." It's like being the Godfather. Yeah, you like people are gonna alone. see you and they're gonna be like, or maybe people see him and they're just like, "That's Rogan." Uh, like you know what I mean? They're right. just like, "Hey, Joe," and Joe's like, "Hey, bud." Like interesting, yeah. But I'd have no idea, man. I don't know. I could go up to Garden Valley and tell you what it's like. Yeah. I'm, I'm essentially the Joe Rogan of Garden Valley. You know what I mean? I put. I put that theater on the map. (laughs) Go up there and start slinging that N-word around, huh? Hey, man, I am... (laughs) Backpedal, backpedal, backpedal. I'm Guy Davis. You understand me? Guy. I am Sky Davis' twin brother. I'm Guy Davis. It's me, Guy Davis. We used to tell people that. It's amazing. Like, my first summer, he would, he would like, we'd get in the line after the show to, like, slap hands with people and shit, and he would be like, yeah, this is my twin brother, Guy, and people were like, oh, my God, like, I thought you were Sky, and I was like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm Guy. I'm Guy. And they're like, I didn't even know you existed, and I was like, yeah, you know, I'm like the black sheep of the family, like... <laughs> I was just I me was, either till like twenty minutes ago. <laughs> I was left in Micronesia when Eddie was was teaching there, and that's amazing. Yeah, man, Guy Davis, that's hilarious. Uh, shout out to Sky, man. I love that guy. I haven't seen him in a long time. I haven't seen Guy Davis in a long time. I haven't seen myself, David. Want to talk about that? No, but I'll tell you what I do want to talk about. Okay, and really? that's that's church. Okay. I do want to talk a little bit about church. My so Bear Lake topic. is getting a fucking a temple, huh? That's, yeah, yeah. Bear Lake, Idaho, a, or Montpelier specifically. Bear Lake's the county, technically. But, uh, and Montpelier is that little town where, like, Brolum's is and, like, yeah, with the yeah. one street and yep, shit. Yep, yep, yep. And there's, like, a little hill. It's got the fucking, it's got a giant M on it, uh, you know, because everywhere, small places in Idaho do that. Uh, you think that town's going to blow up because of it? Actually, that's a point I hadn't necessarily thought of. It might bring a little more life to the town. That's cool. But, like, the thing is, like, if you drive an hour into Utah, like an hour away to Logan, there's a temple. Yeah. Uh, that's because church is just about getting you in the fucking door, son. Yeah. And, like, I don't think Soda Springs has a temple. But if Bear Lake or Montpelier is getting a temple, I don't see why Soda Springs wouldn't. Yeah. Because uh, it's, like, a similar population. And, It'd be next. And maybe even bigger. Uh, ba- Montpelier is, like, 2,800 people, I think, at most. Uh, actually, let me Google it. Are the cops in Soda Springs assholes? That's always what I heard. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. You don't never, know? Never had pull the, over out there? Never had the, yeah. Yeah, man, I really want to talk about, like... Just the fact that fucking church is just about, like, it's not even about converts, I feel like. Like, American church is just about fucking feeding the consumer. And how, especially in the last, like, 30, 40 years, like, it's just gotten so watered down and, like, comfy and just, like, church is for everybody. Everybody can be here. Please come and buy 
our shirt so that you can show. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Like and subscribe to our YouTube channel and make sure that you copy the post link to your Facebook and come to our conference that costs $300. And it's like, man, like we're just looking at fucking Scientology out here. Did you find out how many people yeah. are in Bear Lake? 2,518 nice. in Montpelier and has been declining since 2000. See, so they might be trying to bring back Montpelier, son. They might be like, listen, they need a fucking temple. God's work needs to be done. We need more fucking tithe revenue, so mm -hmm. we need to get that temple out there. Yeah. Well, it's just like it's... It, I guess it's interesting to me that this this is a town, right? I grew up in this town. I know this town very well. This town is not a good place. Right. It's got like a very toxic uh, sort of community where you pretend like you're a part of something and if you're not you're kind of chastised but then you hate those people and they hate you and everybody's passive aggressive there's all this drama and all of it, a lot of people end up uh end up, end up killing themselves because they feel like they can never escape this place because it also doesn't nowhere pays enough for you to live somewhere else because everywhere else is increasing in expenses boy but you're still making 725 fucking minimum wage working at a, a diner restaurant uh, it's the, one of the only ones in town, so it's not like you have too many other choices unless you want to work at the grocery store for maybe 70 cents more. Uh, or the other diner. Yeah, but there you're not allowed to have your hair longer than your collar because you have to, you know, you have to have their standards and unless you're a woman. Uh, uh, like nice. just, yeah, because it's the, the people that made the store are from Idaho. They're unless, most. Unless you're that mistress waiter. Uh, but like shit like that, like it's just like... Uh, it's really like sad and convoluted, and so it's like if you wanted to help that community, I think like using your church money to build, you can even still slap your LBS logo on them, but build like places for uh, like kids to have extracurricular activities and like programs. Maybe you like fucking start doing like uh, you know other ball and sports. And I know that the church in general does that, but if you made it less about being a part of the church and more about just trying to help the community. And then you can still, like I said, slap your logo on it. Cause then you still get people to maybe be like, Oh, like we're kind of interested in this, but it's like, especially cause it's like, there's a lot of the kids that aren't part of the church are, I mean, kids that are part of the church struggle kind of silently. Uh, but there are a lot of the kids that aren't part of the church struggle. Uh, and it's like, they don't, you know, they don't have, Anywhere to go. Anywhere to go. And it's like, if you make something that's like, you can come here and do this, but you have to be a part of the church. Like, I, a lot of these people don't, they have, they like, they have been chastised by this group or like not directly by the church, but the members of this. They already have bad relations with it. So it's like, it shouldn't be about be a part of our group to get these goodies. It should just be about, I, we want to help people. But instead, you're going to build this giant facility uh, for the, I can't imagine how much those fucking things cost. Uh, and it's going to jack up the price of land. And people tend to, people that are higher-ranking members of the church tend to know about it significantly in advance, so they may have, have the opportunity to, like, buy some of that Buy land. some land. Not saying everybody does that, because that, like, in my opinion, it's a really fucked-up thing to do. That is, like, insider trading. Um, but this, so not to put that, like, a, like, all fucking leaders, Mormon leaders are bad. For sure not, but it's just, like, like that, that to me is not helping the community, mm -hmm. uh, and I guess that's like my qualm with it uh, is that they're just building. Because that is a really good point. Like they're not building like a community center. Yeah, they're building something that if you aren't a part of this group, you can't go and experience. And it. even if you are a part of the group, 
you can't go and experience it until you are X level part of the group, right? Like it's it is the extra exclusive part of the club. Like that's so, the VIP access, baby. That's there was the backstage pass. There was twenty five hundred people in in Montpelier. Two thousand five hundred eighteen. Yeah. So what? Like there's like eighteen people that can go into the temple. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like how many people are you really gonna have in this temple? Like off 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 cuff, dude. Like. I, yeah, well, that, and that's the thing. Is like, I don't know. And, like, why? Like, what does it do? You know? Like, because I know, for like, you can get, like, sealed in the temple. And, like, you know, you, it's probably more convenient to have a temple wedding or whatever. Uh, and it could help them with some of their other, like, ceremonies and rituals or whatever. Yeah, the fuck like, they're doing you, in there. Once you be fucking get to OT3 or whatever. Uh-huh. OT29. Yeah, operating Phaeton level 29. Yeah. Uh, but... I just like, I've gone clear. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, God has touched every part of me. Clear inside and out. Uh, <laughs> every point on my body fills me with his love. Uh, Deep in my crevice. But I just feel like it's I. I don't know. It just seems like it's not about helping. Really, it doesn't yeah. seem like it's about helping. It's about getting people, man. Yeah. It's just about fucking. Getting something out there that people can, like, endlessly chase. And once they can endlessly chase that thing, and then once they get there, you have to continue to have them chase that thing. Right. And it's like church is just, it's just like marketing, man. And and it's just businesses. Like, Joseph Smith is arguably one of the best businessmen ever in American history. It's capitalism, baby. It's capitalism, baby. Hillsong United. I just watched this fucking documentary last night called Hillsong United Exposed. Hillsong United is, like, the number one Christian band in the world. They're, like, a mega church. A lot of people call them, like, the celebrity church. Like, Justin Bieber has been known to go to Hillsong. Vanessa Hudgens, Chris Pratt. Do they sing, too? Um, They don't sing on stage. Uh, They, like, just sing in the crowd and stuff. But, like, they... But, okay, so, like, Hillsong was started... I forget what the original church's name name was, but it was just, like, a basic church, and then they ended up growing to the point that they, like, split to this other church called The Hills, and uh, the, like the weekend song, the hills. Yeah, there's a song called the hills. <sighs> yeah, continue. Fucking old. The ass. hills no. are alive with the sound of Jesus. No, I'm pretty sure that's the one that goes. Uh, I only call you when it's hard. Uh, that's called the hills. Hard. Yeah, look that up. Anyway, there's a church called the hills. And they started to, like, do well for themselves. They were in a garage and or a warehouse, and there was, like, two, 300 people that would go there pretty regularly. I mean, we can't play it. They can't hear it. This is just for you. I mean, they can hear it. It doesn't matter. Look, I got 30 sec- or two, three seconds. It's called The Hills? It's called The Hills. Right, he literally says that. The Hills have eyes. Fair enough. Uh, fair enough. Uh... And I think the guy's name was Brian Houston is, like, the main guy of this church. He was the son of the original guy. And the original guy was, like, a super, like, fucking hell and fire brimstone dude who was, like, if you're not, if you're having premarital sex, you're going to hell. Right. If you're gay, you're going to hell. Like, old school religion. Old school. People call it fire and brimstone. Like, Baptist yeah, type shit. Yeah, especially because it, like, seems, like, closer to... Uh, First, the first Bible edition, the fucking Old Testament. Old Testament. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and 
that's how his dad was. And then Brian Houston, like, and his dad started his return, I think, in, like, the 70s. And then in, like, I think the early 80s or the mid-80s, he came to America and he found out about this thing that America was doing around this time, like, with, like, television, tele-evangelists, called the Prosperity Gospel, which is, like, if you give to the church, God will infinitely bless you. God will give you everything in your wildest dreams if you tithe and give to this church. Is that like is that like uh like Peter Popoff, like the fucking people that preach on TV and then they're like like this lady in the crowd has arthritis and now I'm gonna go heal her and they like touch him and the lady's like I I feel better that's yeah a, that's a section of televangelism I see okay. yeah for sure have you ever seen the Bam preacher <laughs> he's this guy and he'll do that shit and he's like kind of like a like a motorcycle guy and he'll be like ah. I, uh, in the name of Jesus Christ, I heal you. Bam, bam, bam. And he like bams people and then they like fall on the ground and convulse and then they're like, I can run again. Like, it's, it, it, yeah, if you look up the bam preacher on YouTube, you'd find him. I would go to that church with that dude popping and locking while preaching the gospel. I do know that guy. No. He's fucking, I love you, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, number one. And he's like fucking like <laughs> dancing. <in the> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a black church in Pocatello I w- always wanted to go to, and the the preacher's name is Big Mama. Mm. She like she's like you can call me Big Mama. Like that's how she refers to people like referred to as. That's I'm dope. gonna try to go to it when I'm back in Pokey. I'm gonna be like, right. let me go to this black church. I think it's called the Soul Church. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, probably no, it's the Praise Church. It's the Praise Church. It's probably way cooler. Pretty yo. Yeah, I only dude. ever been to white church. It's dry as fuck, dude. It's so boring. It's pretty dry. <laughs> it's boring. Pretty dry. It's pretty dry. My church had pretty dope music growing up. Anyway, uh, so Brian Houston comes to America, sees that these people are essentially, like, trying to brainwash motherfuckers to, like, join their church, goes back, and he puts out, like, a letter to his church called, like, the church I... It's called the church I see, and it's talking about how he wants this church everywhere in the world and for God's kingdom to be reaching his hand on everybody's shoulder and placing it and for them to see him. And so, like, I think it was, like, in, like... It was like from nineteen late nineteen eighties is really when they started booming with their music, and they would start, they would do a lot of like industry type shit where it's like one of their first lead singers. Do you know that like that church song where it's like "Shout to the Lord, all the earth, that it rain forever and ever is it to our King." Do you know the song? Super popular in like the mid mid eighties. You you're not gonna open church. It's all good. <laughs> um, no, 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 no. But she was like a childlike singer in Australia. And they were like, hey, come sing for our band. Right? And so it's like they just kept growing and growing and growing until the point where they had a fucking, uh, they had music, they had concerts that they were doing, they had the service that they were putting on. They started doing conferences where they'd bring other like church leaders around. In like 15 years, they expanded all the way across like Australia, all the way across the coast to like New Zealand. In the next, like, 10 years, they went to fucking, like, the UK, South Africa, uh, like, the Philippines. Like, they just started, like, expanding globally and globally. And um, they started a college so people could come and, like, like learn at their college. Uh, their band was called Hillsong. So, like, originally it was the Hills Church. Mm. And then they just changed their name to Hillsong because they're, like, everybody knows Hillsong. Like, so we're just going to be Hillsong. Right. Um, 
that uh, that's capitalism, baby. That's capitalism, baby. Yeah, that's and that's what happens capitalism. when you bring capitalism to non-capitalistic countries. Right. Where you're like, oh, I know how to hack this system now. Son. Yeah, where literally if you're allowed to use capitalist rules and nobody else's, you get to have the monopoly. You like, win. That's the guaranteed way to have the monopoly. Being a capitalist in a socialist country, we need to go to England, son. <laughs> we need to go to England. I'll well, be, see, but like... I'll be right back. I have to go piss. Okay. So if you can entertain these people. Yeah, I'll fill time with a... A story, a great tale of woe and mischief brought to you by David Jansen. Uh, I don't believe in ghosts. I think that ghosts are bullshit, um, purely for one reason, and it is absolutely a terrible justification, and I understand that, but indulge me in my ignorance for a second. Anytime anyone's ever told me a place was haunted, I've tried to get the ghosts to fuck with me. I, I run out of my tell them, fuck you, ghost, you little motherfucker, come fight me right now. I call to violence with the ghost. And never once has a ghost responded to my call to violence. So I, I hope that I never have the experience of violence from a ghost so I can continue living my blissful life. But if that ever happens, I'll, I'll know. Oh, I'll know. Maybe it's already happened, I don't know. And it'll just sort of catch up with me one day. Eight? I don't know. No. <laughs> ghost. Oh, ghosts. Yeah. I was You're telling a story about ghosts? So I was talking about how I don't believe in them because they don't fight me. Yeah, you don't believe in ghosts and you do call them out. Ghosts don't know. Come fuck with me, ghosts! <laughs> <laughs> Fucking pussy! Come on, ghost, come fight me! It's like, bro, that ghost, that ghost is looking at you like this dumb motherfucker right here. Yeah, and well, and that's why people are like, that's why they don't, they don't mess with you because they not all ghosts start violent and blah 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 blah. But I'm like, with how much like haunted stories and people's been horror shit, people talk about like, there had to have been one ghost that wanted to fuck with me, right? Like one. Ah. Uh. Maybe you intimidate ghosts, bro. Dude, I well, I don't try to intimidate them, but I try to like. You don't try to intimidate them, David. You walk around going, "Come fuck with me, ghost." I'm, no, come no, no. Ghost, come fight me. I have tried to give the biggest open invitation to him. Is that not to if, come fight you? I'm telling them the. I can't fight a ghost. A ghost knows that, right? Like if he can fucking hit me, like that's, that's how I know. Maybe that ghost can't fight you. Then how they moving tables and shit? How they slamming lockers and shit, huh? You ain't gotta fight me, but at least give me some sort of sign. That's the thing. Nothing ever has ever like coincidentally happened. It's not like I said that and then a fucking wheelchair flew down the stairs and I'm like, holy shit, fucking ghost! You wanna play with a Ouija board on this podcast? Yeah, I dude, I played with a Ouija board in the Dingle Tomb. Okay, the Dingle Tomb. There's a town near Montpelier called Dingle. Dingle. And I wanted to say it because I think that's the worst name for a fucking town. Because Dingleberg. everybody, listen to me, this town has maybe 50 people. Oh, word? Yeah, it's like a village, right? There's uh, a lot of those around my village. The one I'm from is like 250. Uh, it, maybe Dingle has more, like 100 or something. But every kid that comes from Dingle, as soon as somebody finds out they're from Dingle, those kids are immediately referred to as Dingleberries. Yep. And yep. And it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate uh, exposure for bullying, 
Like, if there's a term we should change, it's the name of that town. Yeah. It's the name of the town. What should you name it to? Bugle. I don't, I don't, then I don't they could be the Bugleberries. Name it town. I don't care. Town town. It doesn't even need a name. There's 50 people there. Call it fucking the place where 50 people live. It's not like it's on zip code. Call it next to Bennington. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, it's not next to Bennington. It's next to St. Charles. Call it next to St. Charles. And Fish Haven. Call it Almost Fish. Almost, <laughs> almost Fish. Almost Haven. <laughs> Call it Almost Utah. Cause it's by Utah. It's almost, it's almost Utah. Utah. Uh... Stop before Utah. Uh, yeah, but uh, I played with a, a Ouija board. Like, they, in their cemetery, they have this, like, tomb, right? So I, like, go in there, have my Ouija board, and, like, some candles, and a couple of little glow sticks for extra life, and, you know, mostly candles. Like, I'm trying to summon shit. Nothing, nothing ever came to you, huh? No, nothing came. I did it with people and alone, multiple occasions. I did it on Halloween by myself. This is a Cranberry Cosmo house wine. I'm going to drink it. I'm done with my New Age bottle. The ghosts are approaching. Um, yeah, man. I could be possessed. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. My mom... I'm not going to say that. Uh, so the church, though, let's get, I want to go back to this. So the thing that I think is funny is after they expanded, like after in Australia... Um, and, like, to the U.K. and then to Africa and shit like that, they were like, all right, we got to go to America. They were like, eventually, we always knew we were going to go to Canada or we were going to go to America. So they start this church in New York. I want you to look this guy up real quick. And at their college, they met this guy named Carl Lentz. I think so. And Carl Carl Lentz. I think Carl with a C. Um, And Carl C. Carl... Lentz was a dude who went to the college and he started getting affiliated with them. And they they said that Brian Houston, ever since the moment he laid eyes on Carl Lentz, he knew that he was going to be his preacher in America because that man's beautiful. Oh, is he gorgeous? Right. If you look him up. Uh, I got a Wikipedia. Yeah, go to like images. Gotcha. Um, He's a super charismatic dude from like Virginia. And he was, he, like, honestly, like, he seemed like he just had a super good way with people. Always fashionable. Always cared about what he looked like. Super nice body. I mean, the dude uh, is yeah. shredded. Yeah, he's handsome. He's got, he, like, uh, he carves his facial hair around his chin to, like, go, like, just to this part to give, like, rounding to his chin right here. But it's, like, more bare back here. So it's, like, the nice, sharp contrast. He's a very even, handsome man. Even if you look at how he dresses, I'm sure, a lot of it. Like, yeah. layers with, like, coats and shit under it and, like, skinny jeans. Carl Lentz really Ooh, started. And, and short sleeves to show off his biceps. Yep, short sleeves with a kind of, like, a swoop neck. Yeah, right. Like fl- fl- v flannel with the V kind of the top three undone. Yeah, but, but no shirt underneath. He's so fucking short sleeve. Yeah, he's a hot guy. A hot guy. Carl hot Lentz kind of started this Christian hipster wave that was very that prominent. Makes sense. He looks hipster too. Yeah, very prominent when I was in church. So like Hillsong's greatest years were literally the years that I was in church. Is that like, what your church was modeled after? Pretty much. That's how you're gonna seem good. Right. Yeah. Like pretty much. Like wanting to expand. Creating merch, creating a good band. <laughs> That's so crazy to me. Like the idea that church and merch are like in the same fucking a lot. Like not even a little bit. Like a lot, dude. Um, you know, they just be like, we got some holy water. You put it on a chain. <laughs> fucking save it for when you need it. 
Cranberry Causeway, not too bad. So they get Carl Lentz. Um, they open at the Irvine Theater in New York. As soon as you walk into the place, there's just a bunch of like aff- like affirming, like you are welcome here, come as you are type sign like type type signage. And a big thing they said they had to have at the New York church specifically was pretty girls. So a lot of their volunteers specifically typically were like young, attractive girls. Like Dan Bilzerian shit. Yeah, because they knew that if you had young, attractive women there, that's way more likely that dudes are going to show up right. or people in general right. are just going to be attracted to that thing. And like they, would, they wouldn't open the doors until certain times so that a line would literally form in New York where people are just like, oh, I don't give a fuck about what's going on. Like, I just want to be a part of this shit. So what, is that, what is that religious phrase? It's like, if you build it, they will come. About church? I don't know if that's about church, but I've heard that. It's not. Well, it, but even if it is about church, I don't think it's accurate. It's not about, like, if you build it, if, if you have them, meaning beautiful people, and other people. If, will, them, <laughs> if you have them like slaves and I am the master electrician, <laughs> they will come. And it will be lit. Fucking swinging around electrical cables, <laughs> like, away from people. You have two fucking just LEDs strapped to your belt and shit. Yeah. Ready to pull them out like Tommy Guns have. <laughs> Uh, a tie line lasso to catch people with. <laughs> so they moved to they moved to America, New York, um, and then it just kind of starts to go downhill a lot for them. It seemed like, like I remember with my time when I was in church, it was kind of a well known thing that they didn't just have Christian people working in their music industry. Like they also just had people who were good at music. They had standards and people, right? And it's like, if you notice, like, the music of Hillsong specifically just moves with the times. So, like, when I was in there, it sounded kind of like 2010s pop because that what was in. Like Oliver Tree. Right. And, like, if you go, like, today, like, it sounds more like Coldplay. Like, kind of more like openness to it, still really big swells, like, huge drum patterns. Like, it's just to make it more approachable for the consumer to just continue to fucking factory farm these people into it. They had a lot of scandals as far as, like, covering up, guess what, sexual assault at their college, um, like any fucking business typically has to do because they have fuckheads who are working for them who don't know how to, like, treat people with respect and shit. And even the CEOs are like, oh, well, you know, like, we had, like, we gave him a disciplinary action, but, you know, he's, like, the professor, so he had to continue to do that shit. And it's just baffling to me, like, how it took everyone, like, and I don't know if it it took everyone so long, but it's just, it's crazy to me, like, how that shit just starts going and going and going until people are like, yo, there's some, there's some fuck shit with this. Like, there's for sure some fuck, like, you're going to get the most attractive dude to come be your pastor for the New York campus. Like, why? Like, why? Like, you're telling me there's not another dude out there who might be a better preacher for your New York campus, but you're going to pick the guy who wears Supreme on stage? You're gonna tell me that you're gonna tell me you're picking that guy. Seem to be wearing Hillsong on stage. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, like, yeah, that's fucking, that's dirty, man. But I mean, like, that's with churches, it, especially. It seems like like you get a reputation, you have to uphold that yeah. reputation at all costs, and that means burying dirty, dark shit. I mean, look at the Catholic Church, right? 
Mm. Like we all look at the Pope and are like, he's the fucking Pope. Even though people been diddling fucking kids since forever. That like, probably diddled some kids, man. Like I was gonna make my joke about we've been diddling kids since 1919, as if 1919 was the start of it. But dude, it's been going on so long. I didn't even have a good old date for it. Like I don't even know. Like forever. 1919 was two years into the First World War, son. Like, yeah, we've been diddling kids since way before way that. Way before <laughs> that, dude. <laughs> There has to be some shit in the Bible about diddling kids, man, for sure. Fucking Jesus, that's some Old Testament shit. Yeah, right but there. but it's like it's like Catholic Church is fucking huge, dude. Yeah, and seems like it will never not be. Well, and they gotta run like a business. Yeah, right. Like for sure. Like, and if you if you are dude, if you are able to cover that up, like what? Because like that's that's pretty commonly like one of the biggest lines. Like, you could do a lot of shit. You could be a drug addict. You could, like, maybe to a certain extent, to a certain level, like, get away with, like, murdering somebody else if it was, like, revenge or, like, you know, like the cane shit where everybody's like, oh, free cane. Uh, but, like, you're diddling kids. There's not a lot of redemption for you. They'll murder you in prison. Yeah. If you fuck with kids, yeah. they'll murder you in prison. Those guys yeah. will not fuck with you. Yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. So then it's like, what, like, how does this entity continue to function and exist? A lot of people. But then I guess you can make the same, uh, potentially make the same argument about the U.S. government. Oh, Jeffrey Epstein! hey <laughs> I don't feel like I should drink to that. Ricky Gervais said it best when he was like, Oh, I know. You're all his friend. Yeah. You're all friends with Epstein. You're all his friend. You're all worried. Yeah, man. It's just crazy. It's just crazy. Like, there's just a lot of scandals like that. Like, even, like, there's another church called Elevation that's also pretty popular with, like, music and shit. Their lead pastor's name is Stephen Furtick. And I remember in, like, 2015, there was a big scandal about him buying a million-dollar house as a pastor of a church. Like, just buying this million-dollar house. So, it's just, it's crazy, man. Like, people will just take advantage of the system for so long and... I don't know, the diddling kids shit, like, there is, I haven't been too much around that, because even, like, when I was in, like, it's weird to me, because, like, when I was in church, like, I was naked as shit around, like, grown men, mm -hmm. and it's like, that's weird, to yeah. me. but, like, they weren't, like, asking me to get naked, I was just getting naked, because I'm me, like, <laughs> you just like to be naked, but there would be sometimes when they were like, we're gonna go cliff jumping, like, on these, like, man ventures, like, where we're camping and shit and hiking for fucking 17 goddamn miles, backpacks and shit. And they're like, we're going to go cliff jumping. And they're like, you should do it naked. So there's like three of us that did it naked. And I was like, why are you suggesting this yeah. as a 25-year-old? Like, something about that feels like if this wasn't a church-related thing, this would be this illegal. Is, and yeah. I could sue. And, <laughs> and I this could... Is a, yeah, this is suddenly wrong. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, but, like, I never got diddled. Like, I never got touched or anything. Like, But, right. like, I don't know if they wanted to see my dick right. or if they were just like, just be naked, be free, be like Adam and Eve. Like, because it could be that. Because fucking Christians are also, like, if you really believe that shit, like, you kind of, like, we talked about, like, you kind of have to be moronic to a lot of things. To just, not just to be like, yeah, man, fuck it, you're naked. Like, it's all good. Well, in the, like, the fact that, like, a lot of churches have points where... For some extended period of time, a young minor is alone with a grown adult 
in a situation where they're not supposed to talk about what they like learn in there. And like that is a a setup for like sexual assault. Not that like every, you know, church leader's a predator or anything like that, but I mean like but I've heard a lot of ex LDS ladies specifically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. be like, I would be harassed by my bishop or whatever, being like, yeah. Well, did you did you fornicate this week or like did you touch yourself or like well, even- wanting to know this like super sensitive information about these girls and it's like, yo, man, like don't do that. Yeah. Well, even like the uh a girl I dated uh that was LDS uh back in the day, uh, we were we had like fool were fooling around and stuff and she like had to she ended up like having to like put off her mission because of that. Uh, like six months or whatever, like delay because you know she was doing some amount of sexual uh, fucking fud. Uh, is what she fucking fud? She wasn't fucking fud, but we we were fooling around. She was fooling with fud. Yeah, she was fooling with fud. Yeah. Uh, and like I remember, she told me that, and I was like, like I'm one. I'm sorry. Like I'm sorry that. I was, and she's like, no, 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 like I wanted to, like it's you know, it's like my fault or whatever. And I was like, well, I'm both like. To be like it's my fault, but you know, like don't blame yourself for wanting to, to experience, like, experience some experience amount of sexual shit. contact with another human. Like, that's, that's absolutely me- normal. Yeah, and like is that's human. Uh, but uh, I was also like, like why, like that, like it, it is interesting to me that you like chose to tell like the the bishop or like the person that you have to talk to about. And she's like, well, I had to. And just like that terminology, I like I have to, that has stuck with me. And like that's an interesting thing to know, like if people are very like prying or invasive about that. Not that she's not allowed to talk about that. Like if she like felt that was right to talk about with her bishop, absolutely. Because, you know, like whatever. I don't care. Uh well, to a certain extent, I do. That's kind of weird. That's kind of fucking. Weird. I just think like it's like she feels like she has to because like it's that idea of well, he's the bishop, like he and there's is, guilt. There's guilt, and he's like the not like the closest thing to God, but like he is the closest person to God that I probably know in my life, and he wants to know. And they condition you to be like, you need to tell him the truth, yeah. and whatever he asks you is going to be okay. But it's like that isn't always the case because she could just think that she has to tell him because she's like. Yeah, I was like sexually, like you know, promiscuous or like not—I forget what the term is—not pure, sexually impure or whatever. Like, but he doesn't need to fucking know that. Get get some lady to ask her that shit. That's even more comfortable. If like an older lady talks to her about it, because like, man, you know how guys are. Even when they're older, shit like that. Like guys always just I just want to fuck, man. Yeah. Like you're gonna tell me you're not being a weird guy by doing. You're being a weird guy. You're being a weird guy. Yeah, because like in any other situation, if you like ask a minor about sexual experiences they've had with their boyfriend, that's fucking weird. Outside dude. of church, people go, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Don't talk to my daughter like that. Don't, yeah, yeah, don't fucking talk to her like that." What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. That's fucking weird. Besides, maybe like a therapist, right? But, but that's that's the same thing as like what that conversation with an elder of the church should be. But right. it should be someone who you designate, you pick, and or some probably someone of your same gender. Like, that, that is a really important right, thing. Right, but women can't be 
Bitch ups, that's preposterous. That's channel. preposterous. You're the leaders of the fucking Relief Society. Fucking. You need to you. bake me something. Yeah, go learn how to bake. <laughs> I, have, I have stomach problems. I need, I need food constantly. <laughs> oh, I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, anyway, dude. I mean, it's she fucking. You're, you're coming to the end of your little wine bottle here. You have probably one more pull. Yeah. To go. We've been going at this for like an hour and twenty minutes ish. David, what is, I mean, you've been a part of a good amount of Fair the Burn. Um, I know that you've listened to some episodes here and there. Uh, most of them. Yeah. Do you have any, like, favorite moments that you were on uh, specifically first? Yeah, any time that I was talking, uh, <laughs> it's just really You're pleasurable to me. Yeah. And then, like, these other two fucking idiots that were on the podcast would, like, cut in. And then, like, I would start talking. <laughs> it got way better when yeah. you would start talking, oh, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, started talking about how yeah. cool I am. And, like, yeah. That dude uh, with the same name as that character from Friends, uh, that guy can eat a bag of cocks, I don't. Dude. I don't watch Friends. Uh, I don't need him. Oh, uh, uh, his name's Joey. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, uh, no, I guess it's in all seriousness. Um, like that, I guess a favorite moment that I like of a part of the podcast that I've been on, or just that I've listened to. Um, specifically, first of all, like the one that you've been on. If you have another one of like the, that you've listened to that you like first, you can say that. But my question initially was about the ones that you've been on. I do also appreciate it when you're talking. I'll just I'll throw that out there. Like <laughs> I think no. it's pretty. Good. Thanks, buddy. That, yeah. I don't need this validation. This is unnecessary. No, I think it's great. Actually, I think it's like it's the best Stop. we could ever don't, get. I know. Joe Rogan could Stop. come on this <laughs> podcast, and it wouldn't be as good as David as Fud talking, man. Fud Ruckers. Hear that, Joe? <laughs> Ain't got nothing on Fud. His name is Fud. <laughs> Not to be confused with Billy Jack Bodine. <laughs> My name is Fud. Uh. I really enjoyed the, just like as a general experience, I really enjoyed the first like episode because this, as much as this is like uh, a fucking stupid uh, kind of like uh, Hollywood romantic thing to say, it is fun. Like the activity of podcasting is very fun. Yeah. And especially with like podcasting being like the thing that fucking everybody's trying to do. It was, it was really fun to like, because it felt like you guys also took it seriously. Because you guys, like, had, like, you know, like, we had his banner and, like, the, you know, computer and this table. And he's like, oh, can I get you some water? Stuff like that. I was like, oh, this feels like this isn't just. It was it's a not, real podcast. Yeah, it's not Numpty Boys where we're just fucking just decking yeah. off. Or even now, right? Like, the setup we have now is still a little bit, like, makeshift. Like, back then we had, like, Cougar with his nice mics. We right. had the headphones. Right. Yeah. Like, the specific room for the podcast. Like. That first, and, like, seeing you in a long time was just a cool activity, like, yeah. of us, like, hanging out. Yeah, I totally agree. Back then in those, like, that to me is, like, the good old days of Fair the Burn where we had fucking headphones and yeah. nice mics. And, and I <laughs> I loved I loved seeing the fucking massive container of kombucha that guy has. Yeah, man, he makes so much kombucha. I was man. looking at that, and I was like, this doesn't make sense to me. Like, this is... I'll tell you what, son. Uh, like, this is too much liquid to have with potential energy, okay? Like, I took a very dabble in physics, okay? And I know enough about potential energy to be like, this seems like a disaster. 
It's Cougar's Kombucha. Okay. Cougar's Booch. It's Cougar's Booch. It's Cougar's Booch. All right. And I'll tell you what, I don't. I didn't like kombucha for a long time. It's gross. It's gross. It's disgusting. <laughs> so terrible. Until Cougar started making his own kombucha, and he was like, "Bro, like I'm doing like flavors and shit." And he like bottled these flavors, and he was like, "You want to test them?" And I like testing them. And there were like two or three flavors that I was like, "You know what, Cougar? I could drink this kombucha." And now sometimes, good? in the very few ca- cases that I go out to comedy, which will fucking hopefully be changing, I sometimes get kombucha because it's good for your gut. Yeah, it's good for your health. And yeah. just because, like, I'm like, you know what? If I can enjoy something and get like an acquired taste for it, I don't, I, f- I f- kind of fuck with it. So I do. I am thankful for that. Where like Cougar kind of opened my eyes to that kombucha. But he does ha- in that fucking in that fucking jar. He has a lot of goddamn kombucha. A lot of liquid in that jar. Mm. He even got people got mad at him on a Facebook group. Lo and behold, on a kombucha Facebook group where they're like, you know, you're gonna break that jar and it's gonna fucking vomit. That you're gonna the potential energy, yeah. man. The potential energy. <laughs> That's like it's a fucking nightmare waiting to happen. Granted, now like. It's so unlikely because, you know, it's not like he's fucking wrestling people in that room, but it just like, ugh, it just gives me anxiety. Well, it's, it's what, like having a waterbed. What he said, a lot of liquid waiting to get out. What he said would be a better solution is like, instead of tipping it into like bowls and shit, is if you got like a, <laughs> like a, hold on, like a squeezer, like with like a fucking like a little straw and you like squeezed it. So it's in the oh, kombucha, like a siphon. Like a siphon. Yeah. And then you just squeeze it into a bottle. Yeah, that's super smart. Yeah, that's pump. like yeah. way, but it's way safer. Yeah, because I totally agree. Because like when I first saw him dumping that giant ass like thirty gallon thing of kombucha into a what, bucket, it's like I was right like, next to your podcast setup with all the like electronics and stuff. <laughs> like, the the amount of confidence the Deuce Man has in this skill, I want to have in anything. Yeah, this is like yeah, this isn't gonna go wrong. Hey, like, man, not he, ever, not once. He does it, man. And he, he does, does it. it. He and does like, it. I respect that greatly. That I'm man, fucking, that I'm, man separated paint thinner, bro. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. He. <laughs> made I'll tell you what. Thinner, one of, thinner. One of my best experiences on on Fair the Burn has been episode two, um, where we talk about spiritual construction and where Cougar talks about like him being an atheist, and then um, we really debated for a long time, like off of the podcast, like, are you going to tell these people you did DMT? Because he was like, I'm still trying to build my brand. Like, it's still kind of small town. Like, I don't want people to, like, start thinking that I'm a druggie and that I'm, like, using all these drugs, like, to get my points and shit. And I was like, but I think it's a very valid point that you had an experience that you claim is outside of you. Yeah. And that opened your eyes to possible things of the world. Yeah. And he didn't tell me before he was going to say it on the podcast that he was going to say it. But he said it. And he was like, I did diatryptomolotheptamine or whatever the fuck the words are. Um and I had this experience, and he didn't go, like, too far into it, but, like, we didn't have video at that time, but my eyes, you just got so big at that time. I was like, you're, you're really saying this. You are okay, Coog. See, but I, I also like that, though, because it's, like, again, going back to kind of shit we've talked about off air, like, the idea of building your audience or letting your audience, if, if an audience is going to accrue, I would prefer them to be people that accrue based off of, my complete honesty, not like a vision, a, a version, or a picture of myself that I'm trying to paint. Absolutely. Uh, and so, like, that's like respect for that and that honesty because you're absolutely right. If that is something that is 
fucking affected your life and like changed habits or made you you know believe differently like absolutely they, you have to put that evidence forth yeah because uh, if you're not you're, t- you're not telling the whole story yeah yeah so. and that's and that's absolutely not fair especially if you're somebody that's like if that's like a big reason that you like if somebody like found God and a big portion of that was doing some amount of psychedelics whatever they may be like and then somebody else is like looking to them like I wish it, wishing I could be spiritual like them. And the whole time you're just like, no, I've been like holy and pure this whole time. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. Did you dishonest? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was really proud of Cougar for that moment because yeah. I was like, that took a lot of like honesty. And that was something that I know that he was wrestling with for a long time. Um, because it was like a couple of weeks before we even put out the first episode. Like we recorded it and then I think we like waited on it for like two or three weeks and then recorded the second one. I think even before that first one came out. So he was sitting on that for a minute. Mm. And I was like, good for you, man. Yeah. Like, like, I'm really like, I'm proud that you did that. And I always feel weird, like, telling my friends, like, I'm proud that you did that shit. Cause, like, I don't want to be like your parent or anything. But, like, I just think it's so much more important to, like, and obviously he does too, like, to tell the whole story. Yeah. So. I think also, though, because of the connotation of the word proud and parents, like, I think it's more impactful. So I may not always be like, oh, I'm proud of my friends. But, like, if there's something that I'm like, that makes me feel excited for you. I'm proud. Yeah. I'm proud of that thing that you did. Like yeah. if you fucking uh like put put out some music, for example, I'm like, I gotta show some people this shit. Yeah. Or like I even talked about like getting one of those fucking one of those sweaters so I can be like, this is a fucking somebody I fuck with or the you know, an artist that I know. Because it's like I want but yeah, I like to be proud of my friends too. Yeah, okay. I'm sorry, that's a total tangent. A little bit. No, I agree with you though. I agree. It's just a weird, it's a weird thing. But like, you should be proud of your friends. And yeah. You should be able to express that. Yeah, fully. You, and well, and you should have pr- friends that you're proud of. Yeah. Uh, Do you have any like moments of the podcast that listening to it, you have been like, oh, that was a cool moment. Um, trying to think of exact moments. I can't off the top of my dome and under the influence. I can't necessarily think of one like super specific moment i do really enjoy just like as a general thing the contrast between you and cougar or cougar and yourself uh grammar back home with grandpa um (laughs) uh but i love cougar going down rabbit holes like it like I, i can tell that that dude not necessarily gets lost in the sauce but like i can tell sometimes he gets lost in like specific things yeah and it's it's like interesting to hear that deep dive because I I can't do that because I will lose lose myself completely. Like I have a hard time coming back to like a peaceful centered place, and it feels like maybe he's able to do that better. So I appreciate that he can do that, so I can listen to his his explorations into the rabbit hole. And then I also appreciate the times <laughs> where you come back and are like. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like when you bring it back to like you are speaking on some shit that's so like deep and niche and just like no relevance and any sort of foundation that you just kind of have to go, yeah, right. But like the general idea, and then you can go like back to that and come forward. So I guess like that, that contrast of like kind of like the funny moments with like Cougar's uh, like research and detail, I, I, I appreciate. He's a research man, he's a detailed man, bro. Well, it's because he's. Journalist at heart, right? He wants to learn shit. He wants to figure out what's going on. Well, and there's really nobody else I would have rather started this podcast with. So yeah, yeah, same. And it's it's funny too because I would also go down like rabbit holes. Maybe this was true on the little, a little less on like the podcast, but like I would also go down rabbit holes that were like on my side 
of like how I view things. Right. And I would tell Coog about it and he'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Right. Man? Right. Yeah. So it's like, I just, I, I also am thankful that like we come from vastly different places. Um, the end of episode eight, where it's called like, it's the episode is called like music and suicide with Radley. The first episode Radley was on. We freestyled at the end of that episode. I thought that was a fucking super legendary moment. That's cool. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I like the I like the episode with Jenna because like nobody talks about <laughs> sports. Uh, yeah, or at least like it, for whatever reason, when people do, it's not like super publicized. So then, like having listening to her talk about like women's sports and stuff was really interesting, just because it's like I know you guys, so I listen to the fucking to the podcast, and then it's like. Because I absolutely try to listen to each episode, like I get to learn about weird information that I may not have, and like that's the one that sticks out. Where I was just like, "Whoa, this is like perspective in a world that I have no foundation in," and it's really fucking interesting to hear about. Yeah, that episode was cool too because we dove into like a lot of different things, like Jenna talking about like women's sports for the majority of it, and then also though talking about fucking like you start talking about Connor's leg and her explaining that shit fasciotomies. Yeah, I and like, I was like, that's. Whoa! fascinating yeah. where if you don't get the surgery you could die yeah i was like i didn't know that um or her either. like showing like the surgery of it like to us on the screen i was like i was like i wish we had fucking video for this shit yeah, this is gross as fuck i heard you say that i started looking it up i was like oh no Dude, dog, right? no dog. i was like no son or even on that podcast we talk about uh like how many five-year-olds could you beat up before they took you yeah. Like, and that's just such a fun just yeah. thing to throw well, in the middle of. And I guess that's uh, that's the other thing. Uh, sorry to keep jerking off a little bit here. Is I, I definitely, and maybe it's because, like, I know you guys personally, but uh, I choose to believe it's just because of you guys or who you are and the podcast that you created. But, uh, like, the, uh, like, there were times where I would text you, like, stuff during yeah. the podcast, and I would have to, like, stop myself from doing that because, because like one, it it doesn't matter, and it's something that you talked about fucking you know maybe a week ago, maybe two weeks ago. I don't even know at that point, uh, so it's not really relevant. But it's like the idea that it spurs me enough to want to have a conversation about that uh, is something that I appreciated about the the podcast yeah. about listening to the podcast. Thank you, man. Yeah, thank you. I I heard from one of my other friends that she was just like. The podcast is super engaging, and that's what I always wanted it to be. Like, at the end of the day, like, Christ, corruption, and culture are, like, great things, but, like, I just wanted, and maybe, I mean, I'm drunk right now, so I'm probably not talking about anything. But, like. Dude, it's a wine cast. Usually it's but, just chaos. Yeah, it's, it's straight This chaos, has but, turned out on a way better train track than the UFC watch one, so. Absolutely. We, absolutely. we are both still conscious, so yeah. we're good. <laughs> we're fucking good. I'm awake, so uh, I forgot we did that shit. Yeah, dude, dude. It was like like 25 minutes through, we're both just like, uh, it was dead silent. Because <laughs> we were talking about that. Yeah, uh, we were talking about that Snoop Dogg Rose earlier in the store, and I forgot that we got that for that wine cast. Yeah, that's where I had it. That's why I was like, yeah. I like that shit because it was from you know learning about wine on a wine cast. That's fucking right, dude. That is good wine, and we had that blue Moscato that day too, I think, which was more disappointing if I remember. Really? I like the blue Moscato. I like the blue Moscato. Maybe I just wanted it to fucking be like UV blue. (laughs) Well, it does taste like blue raspberry, but it also tastes like wine. You just don't like wine. So I think if you would have mixed it with like... Just alcohol in general is a bad taste. I like wine though, man. That's why I'm like beer. I just can't get behind it. Yeah, dude. Well, this has been the wine cast. Um, I, I am sufficiently fucked up. 
I'm ready to go get rich on this goddamn porch. Uh. Um, how you feeling over here, Dave? Uh, like I drank a bottle of wine. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm, bro, I'm dialed. You're <laughs> dialed. F U D is dialed out here. Call All me, right, call me Fud with two Ds. Call him F U D F U double D, baby. Fuck you, dialed, Dave. And with that, I finished the last of my wine. Motherfucking lady and ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for this wine cast. Thanks. I probably have been slurring my my words for the last half an hour. Sorry. But frankly, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Me and David are out here. Out here. We are trying to do our best. Our best. And we drank a lot of wine. Wine. I want to fuck you in your sleep. <laughs> you can try. <laughs> All right, everybody, thank you so much. We appreciate you. This has been episode 31, one-year anniversary. The next time that you see this, I'm going to be 24. I'm not right now, but I'm going to be down the line. Hey, baby! Bye, bitches. Will you open my emotions? Hold on my heart like it's never been broken. Baby, that's all I really need. Catch a wave or just drown in your ocean Baby, tell me what you're gonna do with me I've been looking for a reason to stay on my own Yeah, yeah I've been telling myself that I'm better alone Yeah, yeah Getting calls from my friends who really know me They're all saying that I'm scared of being lonely It's probably why I crack a smile when you text my phone Hold on my heart like it's never been broken Baby, that's all I really